where you found us. Welcome to the Community Church Oxford podcast. We are so honored that you decided to join us. We hope that if you don't have a church home, that you'll find a church home that is a Bible preaching church. However, if you are just checking us out, we're honored that you would do that. We hope that you're encouraged by God's word today. You're also encouraged by the experience that you have through our podcast. If you want to find out more about us, you can check us out at www.communityoxford.com or check us out on social media via Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. Again, thank you for joining us today at the Community Church Oxford podcast. If you're a believer in this room, if you're not a believer, this makes zero sense. But I pray and hope that if you're not a believer, if you're watching online or you're with us here in person today, what I hope this verse will do is remind you that Christ paid it all for you and for me. And if you're a believer today, what I hope this will do in your life is, is it will allow you to see and understand the importance of what Jesus did for you on the cross. Amen? When I was a kid, I absolutely loved magnets. I just thought they were the coolest creation in all the world just because always my dad was a a repairman. He worked on appliances and air conditioners, and so he always had these cool magnets because he was always losing things. And I don't know if you know this or not, but we've got this cool store uh, in our town now called Harbor Freight. And, and pretty much what it is, is it's a tool junkie's, like, favorite place to go. And, and to be real honest with you, the tools are not, they're, they're not intended to last very long. That's the reason they're so cheap. But there's so much fun in there. And so a couple of weeks ago, actually a couple of months ago, I was in there, and I found this magnet, okay? And the thing that I like about this magnet is, is that I lose stuff in the most unusual places all the time. Okay, like I have, Beth drives a 2008 Toyota Highlander and right next to her her console, middle console hook and between her chair, we call it the dark hole. Because if things fall in there, you're not going to get it out because it's so tight to go in there. But the thing that I love about magnets is, and and, and, and our our worship pastor actually left these keys up here on purpose. He didn't know it. He, he, he accidentally left them right there, but he left them there on purpose. And the reason I love a magnet is, is that when you use a magnet, something really cool happens. You see what I'm saying? And what I used to love to do is I used to love to rub two magnets together or get them as close as I possibly could. And what would happen? They would connect. Well, the reason I love magnets so much, see, I mean, if you're not careful, I mean, it'll stick to anything that's metal. Now, magnets don't work on wood or plastic or anything like that, but if you're looking for something metal, and unfortunately, most everything that's made today is plastic, so magnets won't work in the dark hole that well, but I just bought it because, number one, it was a tool that I did not have, and I thought it'd be really fun, and so I could use it as an illustration on a Sunday morning, and it's probably not a really good illustration, but the point that I want to make is, is this, is that when you center your life on Christ, you are going to be a magnet to those around you. You are going to draw people to you regardless if you expect it or not. This week, uh, our community lost a young man suddenly because of an infection, and his name was Donald Cook. And Donald was a part of Community Church when we first started. And um, Donald had an accident earlier in his life that caused him um, not to be able to speak very well, and, and so he had trouble communicating But let me tell you one thing that Donald Cook did not have a problem communicating. He did not have a problem communicating his love for Jesus. 
Okay, now I'll just be transparent and raw about it. Sometimes his love for Jesus kind of came across a little blunt and, and a little pointed at times. But can I be honest with you? We need that in our lives. But I can think about Donald. He always wore the coolest shirts. He always was trying to point people to Jesus. Why? Because he truly understood that the only reason he was alive was because of God's grace. Because of an accident that he had in his early 20s, the only reason that he was even alive was because of the grace of Jesus Christ. And in the last year, he had a, a bicycle wreck, and he was, over, he was able to overcome that wreck. And, and somewhere or another in the last few weeks, he got some type of infection, probably didn't know about it, and it ultimately ended up taking his life Friday morning. And so yesterday, on the square, kind of uh, informal, we celebrated his life. And it was just a reminder as I watched 50 or 60 people gather on the courthouse lawn where him and Theo, his dog, spent a lot of time. I thought about the fact how many people in Oxford could have bankers, lawyers, people that own really, really expensive men clothing shops, uh, coffee, uh, your barista, uh, and, and everybody in between gathered together under one experience to remember a life that impacted all those people. And you know what it was? It was the magnet of Jesus inside Donald's life. And so before we go any further, I just want to pause and I want us to pray for Donald's family and I want to pray for his friends and I want to pray that we would be a magnet for Jesus. Amen? Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for this day. I thank you for how you love us. God, I thank you that this morning as we worship together through song and through your preaching of your word, God, I pray this morning that we would always be reminded we are either drawing people to Christ or away from Christ. And God, I pray this morning that as effective as magnets are, sometimes, God, they can pull good away or they can attract bad to something. And God, I pray this morning that as we think about that imagery and we think about Galatians 2.20 that says, for I have been crucified with Christ and it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. God, I pray that would be our heart's cry this morning, that Christ would come alive in our lives, that Christ would become the attractant to others in our life. And God, that we, as we live for Jesus, would draw people to us. Not because of us, but because of Jesus. Because your word is very clear. If the Son of Man be lifted up, he will draw all people to himself. God, we pray this morning that in our tiny, messed up, jacked up selves, that Jesus would be manifested and people would be drawn not to us, but to Jesus. God, this morning, I, I thank you for the life of Donald Cook. God, I thank you for our relationship personally. I thank you for the relationship that he had with Community Church and Pine Lake. And God, if we're honest this morning, probably with every church in Oxford. God, I thank you for his smile. I thank you for his light that shined in some unusual ways at times. That God, his ultimate goal was to point people to you. And God, if that was through an argument, so be it. Or if that was just through a simple wave and a smile. God, he just wanted people to see you. And God, I pray this morning as we think about Donald Cook, a young man whose life and 
many of our minds and thoughts and hearts this morning was cut too short. God, may we be reminded that all of us are dying. And God, one day people will stand up and talk about us. Will we be known as someone who attracted people because of Jesus in our life? Or will we be known as someone who distracted people because we did not live for Christ? God, I beg you this morning to forgive me of any unconfessed sin that I have in my life. I pray this morning that you hide me behind the cross. And I pray this morning that you would show up and show out in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, I shared this last week. I'll share it again because I think it's important that we share where we get our stuff from. And so I got introduced to this book called The Fuel and the Flame uh, to Ignite Your Life and Your Campus for Jesus Christ by Steve Shadrach and Paul Washer. Uh, my good friend, um, Jonathan Fulcher, who is the campus director for FCA, gave me this book. And uh, I gave it to our elders, and I've given it to some of our staffs, and we gave it to our high school seniors this year. And uh, we've got a, a reorder of them coming in for the rest of our staff and the rest of our, outer, our elders. But last week, we began to look at this idea. We began to look at this idea of... The, the, the wheel illustration. And the wheel illustration is, uh, uh, it was originally introduced by the navigators to provide a model of what it looks like to live a life centered on a devotion to Christ, flowing out, listen to this, flowing out into love for Jesus and others. So this wheel, and I don't know if we've got it this morning, we were having some difficulties uh, with our, uh, our computer back there, but this wheel illustration is this idea, there's this wheel and in the middle of this wheel is Christ, okay? And then the outer part of the wheel is, I guess you would say, the rubber, okay? Uh, it would be the outer circle. But inside the wheel, there are these spokes. And so last week, we looked at this idea. So, so I'm going to have to do an illustration this morning because of the lack of technology, and that's okay. So I want you to imagine a wheel. You with me? And in the middle of this wheel in the middle of this wheel would be almost like the hubcap, all right? And that hubcap has Christ written on it or Jesus written on it. So if we're going to be an obedient follower, if we're going to be an obedient Christian, then Christ has to be the center of our wheel. So if you were walking someone through this, you would pull out a napkin at a coffee shop or a restaurant and, and you would hopefully have a pen or pencil or you would ask the waiter or the person who was serving you, hey, can I borrow a pen or a pencil? And you would literally say, hey, let me ask you a question. Is your life, are you tracking with me? Is your life centered on Christ? Because if your life is not centered on Christ, then guess what? Your wheel is probably going to wobble. You, you're probably not going to be aligned, all right? You're not going to be aligned with the Father because you have a problem, and your problem is, is the center of your wheel is not centered on what really matters, so as you think about this wheel, and I know you're loving this this morning, you're probably thankful that technology's not working because I'm having to be creative in showing you how this works. So you've got this wheel, and the center, the hub, or the hub cap is Christ. So listen to this. If, if we're going to be an obedient Christian, if we're going to be an obedient Christian in action, we got to have union with Christ 
we got to have this union with Christ. And so the reason I had you look at Galatians 2.20 as your homework for you that were with us last week, and I had us take a 30-second time out this morning for you to look at that is, is that you need to understand that God doesn't see things the way we see things. Thank you, sister. I had one sister in the house that I least heard. I'm not saying that others didn't say it. But I'm thankful that God doesn't see things the way we see things. Because we see things the way we see cars or shoes or clothes. We see things that sparkle and we see things that that grab our attention. And church, can I tell you something? As children of God, God does not see us as this picture that the world puts out there. God sees us crucified. Stay with me, church. God sees us crucified with Christ. And so what that means, church, is is this, is that when God looks down from heaven and you put your faith and trust in Jesus, God no longer sees you the way the world sees you. God sees you as Christ covering you. So here would be the idea. If you're drawing this circle... It wouldn't be that big on a napkin, okay, but just for illustration purposes. If you're drawing this circle on a napkin, you would ask, and and many people that you would probably have this conversation would say that they're believers. They would probably use the terminology believer or Christian. Here's what I don't want to do this morning. I am not asking you to question your salvation, The other thing I'm not asking you is to doubt your salvation, but just by way of means of helping us understand this morning, you know that you cannot doubt something unless you believe it. You cannot have a doubt about something in which you believe in unless you first believe in that. So as you struggle, and oh, by the way, brothers and sisters, we all struggle, amen? You have to understand that many of us need to have this conversations with other brothers and sisters in Christ because we hear a lot of people who call themselves believers. We see a lot of people who call themselves Christians. We have a lot of people in our lives that call themselves followers of Christ, but the reality is is that their life, hear me church, is not centered on Jesus. And oh, by the way, Pharisee, Sadducee, and hypocrite, which oh, by the way, that's all of us, be real careful how you start judging a brother and sister because you think you're the judge. You are not. Matter of fact, the scripture says, do not judge or you too will also be judged. The point that I want you to see this morning is, is as you're drawing this circle and you're having a conversation with yourself this morning before you have that conversation with anybody else, What's in the center of your life? Is it Christ? I know I get it, church. It's Sunday. It's 9 a.m. Or you're at least at the 9 a.m. service. So we're going to be super spiritual this morning and go, well, I'm at church, aren't I? Good for you. You think just because you came to church, your life is centered on Christ? Can I be honest with you? Just because I get up in front of you every Sunday doesn't mean that my life is centered on Christ. It is a daily battle. That's why I will say things like this. I crucify myself daily. Why? Because I have to be crucified to the flesh daily. I have got to give up self daily. I've got to put on Christ daily. Why? Because I want my life centered 
on the hub of Christ so that I can be an obedient Christian living out action that you can see that my life is based on Christ. So here's the idea. You're having a conversation with somebody and somebody says, man, I just don't know why my life is so jacked up. Napkin, please. Pen, please. And just write the circle. I know you like it when I do this. Just write the circle. Charles, stay, stay with me now. Charles over there laughing at me. The circle. And just ask the simple question, what is your life? If your life was, 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 was used as an example of a wheel, what would, you, what would be the hub of your life? And I got a feeling you'd get all kind of answers. Work, pleasure, family, money, success. The list could go on and on and on. Any answer besides Christ at the hub of their will defines very quickly for you and for them why their life is wobbling, why their life is not aligned in the way that it should be aligned. Amen? So because of technical difficulty, you got to see a lived-out drama this morning, okay, or illustration this morning. So this is the wheel. There's a hub in the middle of it. What is your life built on? And if you're built on Christ, then you will be an obedient Christian living out actively pursuing Christ and also pursuing others. This is the reason I have this book up here because they say it in a way that's a lot better. This model, this little illustration, originally introduced by navigators, provides a model, listen church, of what it looks like to live a life centered on devotion to Christ. Remember, centered on the devotion with Christ and flowing out into love for Jesus and others. So last week, just as a way of reminder, we looked at this union with the Lordship of Christ. We looked at Galatians 2.20. If you don't mind, throw that up there for me real quick. Galatians 2.20. It's going to be slow for us. I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. The life I now live, church, do not miss this. The life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Why is that so important? Why is that so important? Because if your life is centered on Christ, you're no longer living for self anymore. You're living for Jesus. Can I get an amen? Amen. And if you're not, there's the problem. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. In the life I now live in the flesh, look at this church, don't miss it. I live by faith. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And then check out the next verse, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, so look at this, church. If your life is centered on Jesus, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, and behold, the new has come. So now that we get that our life has to be centered on Christ, what we realize is, is it is no longer our life, but his life. And we're not living as in the past. We're living for the present and the future. Why? 
because those old things have passed away. And most preachers would say, you just got to work harder. You got to do more. I'm sorry, I don't believe that. You got to put more Jesus on and more Jesus on and more faith and more faith and more faith because without Christ, it is impossible. Hear me, church. Without Christ, it is impossible to center your life on the things that God has for you and me. Amen? So as we continue this morning, we're going to look at this idea now of the spokes. So this is going to get really, really fun because of the lack of technology this morning. And if I find out y'all are just playing with me back there because you've realized how to make it happen, but you like making me do all these hand motions, we'll have a come to Jesus meeting when it's over. And actually, she's too sweet, so I can't do that. And it's not somebody in my family, and so I'm, I'm super grateful that she's back there doing that. So you got the wheel, okay? Are you with me? And you got the hub, which is Christ. Now you have these spokes, okay? And... For this illustration, there's four spokes, but this morning we're only going to look at two of them. And the first spoke we're going to look at this morning is the Word. The Word. So if you're looking at this wheel and you see the hub of Christ, there's a spoke that goes down toward the bottom and it just simply says the Word. Now, we'll make sure that we put this out on our social media so that you can have it. But if you're making notes and you're drawing a circle, remember your, your circle, if you do it this big, is not going to fit on your paper, okay? But if you'll just do a circle and just write a hub, it probably won't even fit on a piece of paper that big. But you understand what I'm saying. Put the hub, put Christ on it, and then put a spoke on the bottom that simply says the word. Simply says the word. If the Bible is how God talks to us, listen to this. This is so cool. If the Bible is how God talks to us, then don't you think we ought to spend time reading it? So there are four spokes on this wheel. And to connect the person and the power of Lord Jesus Christ, the hub, to the rim, the two vertical spokes deal with our relationship with God while the two horizontal ones deal with our relationships with others. And the foundational spoke is the Word of God. It's the pillar that all the others are based upon. Trust God to use his word to grow you in your knowledge and love for him and to radically transform your lives from the inside out. Turn with me to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12 this morning. We're going to just look at two verses. Romans chapter 12 verse, verses 1 and 2. We studied this a few months back as we were walking through the book of Romans. But Romans chapter 12 what the Word does is it radically transforms your life from the inside out. Worcester says, Romans 12, 1 and 2 says this, I appeal, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Then look at verse 2. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind and by the testing, you may discern what is the will of God and what is good and acceptable and perfect. You see, students of the Word are, are, are drawn in to God's mission. They're drawn in. So when Scripture says you, you got to be transformed, like you got to offer yourself as a living sacrifice, that doesn't scare you. Why? Because your life is centered on the hub of Christ and you trust God's Word to point you to exactly where that wheel needs to be going. 
But there's got to be a transformation. As much as I loved magnets when I was a kid, uh, I used to love transformers. Because I thought it was so cool that a jet could turn into a robot or, or a truck could turn into a robot. And now we got movies about it and, 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 and it's really, really cool. But the point that I'm making is, is this. There's got to be a transformation of who we used to be into who we are now in who? Christ Jesus. So as we center our lives, remember the rim, the tire represents our life. The hub represents Christ. The first spoke is the Word of God. As we center our lives on Christ, the only way that's going to happen is by us spending time in God's Word. Turn with me to 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. 16 and 17. 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17. All Scripture is breathed out by God. And profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, that, man, that the man of God may be complete and equipped for every good work. Let's look at this, these verses and break it down slowly. All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching. Like, we like that idea. We like the fact that, that the Word of God is used for teaching. But have you ever noticed, church, how we do that? We'll take Scripture to teach what we want to teach at that particular moment. Like, to prove our point. Let's clarify something this morning. The reason your life is centered on Christ and the number one most important spoke in this will is the Word of God is not because God's Word is used for your benefit, but God's Word is used for His benefit. You see, God's Word was created to teach us as His children to center our lives on Christ so that we would look more like Jesus and less like the world. The other thing I want to make sure you see in this passage is this. It says all of God's Word, all Scripture is breathed out by God and is profitable for teaching. You can't just say that you believe part of the Word. you got to believe all of the Word. Amen? Every last verse matters. It's profitable for teaching and for reproof and for correction and for training in righteousness. Can we just be honest? We don't like those two words right there after the comma for, from teaching, for reproof and for correction. We do not like it when somebody shows up in our life and says, hey, brother, hey, sister, let me just remind you that the way you're living, the way you're acting, the way you're walking, you might say that you're a believer, you might say that you're a follower, but your life is not centered on Christ. And so when we start talking about reproof and correction, we get all bowed up. Have you ever noticed that? Because this is our first go-to response. Well, that's not how I interpret it. And here's the cool thing. If we would just be humble and show a little bit of humility and understand that what God is trying to do in that moment is use a brother or sister in our life and just maybe challenge us, maybe good or bad, there might be an agenda, but they are trying to help us see, hear me, church, that all Scripture that's been breathed out by God is for teaching and reproof and correction. Why? Because I don't know about you, I need some correcting every once in a while. And don't do too many amens right now. But we need reproof. We need correction in our life. But we also need training. 
Church, can I share something with you? The reason most of us don't know the Word of God is because we don't train in the Word of God. We don't spend time in the Word of God. It says, all scriptures breathe out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. That Listen to this, church, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. You know what I love about this part of this spoke, a part of this wheel, is because of the simple fact of the word. If you got the word, church, you don't need anything else. Because the word is going to help you center your life on Christ. Why? Because the word never returns void. It never returns void. You see, the foundational spoke is the Word of God, the pillar that all the others are based upon. Trust God to use His Word to grow your knowledge and, and uh, your knowledge of love for Him and to radically transform your life from the inside out. Students of the Word are drawn into God's mission as they see His hearts for all people revealed from Genesis to Revelation. Turn with me to Joshua. 1.8. Joshua 1.8. Many of you know this verse, but let me just read it for you. It says, this book, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do it court, to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. Listen to this verse again, church. The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night. As you draw this circle, this realm that represents your life, and you think about what your life is centered on this morning, anything but Jesus is not okay. But as you center your life on Christ and you begin to put spokes on this wheel and you realize that the Word of God is breathed out from God, why? So that we can know God. We can learn from God. But you know the only way that the Word is going to have effect in our life is if we meditate on it day and night. I get it. You're going, preacher, this is too easy. I want some more. Church, can I just be flat out bluntly honest with you this morning? You can't handle more until you base your life on these things. I don't know about you, but I'm tired. I'm tired. If I'm honest with you, I'm exhausted. And the reason I'm exhausted is that we think that our relationship with Christ depends on others. And so instead of learning for ourselves about our relationship with Christ, we attach ourselves with other believers. And look, we're going to get into fellowship in a couple of weeks, and we're going to get into the importance of doing life together. But church, we can't do life together as a body of Christ until we are in Christ ourselves. And our lives are centered on Christ. 
And I don't know if you know this or not, and this might be a mic drop experience for you in your life, but you need to understand this morning, the preacher does not exist so that you can learn God's Word from him. The preacher exists to motivate you to want to know more of God's Word for yourself. If the only time you're getting God's Word is on Sunday morning, no... If Sunday morning's the only time you're getting God's Word, no reason. There, there's no doubt that your life looks like it's this. Not only is the wheel on your wagon about to fall off, you don't even have wheels on the wagon. You're like the kid whose family couldn't afford the wagon with wheels, so they found a wagon in the garbage. And so what did he do? He just pulled it around with no wheels, and he thought it was fine because that's all he ever knew. But this morning, church, and last Sunday and next Sunday, what you're realizing is, is that your life, the rim of your life, needs to be centered on something and the Word says it needs to be centered on Christ. And the Word also says that you need to meditate on it day and night. Why? Because it, is for, it, is, it has been given to you for teaching and reproof and for correction. Why? So that you can be complete. So I'm going to ask you to do me a favor this morning. I'm going to ask you to stand. And you got to do it in this matter. Stand first and then bow. Because if you bow while you're standing, you're probably not going to make it all the way up. As you stand, I want you to bow. And I want you to do a personal inventory of your life for the next 15 seconds. Not fish, not the preacher. Not church asking you what your life is centered on. Imagine God himself is standing before you right now. And he's saying, Nathan, what's your life centered on? He's saying, Clark, what's your life centered on? He's saying, Ashley, what is your life centered on? He's saying, Katie, what is your life centered on? And if you answer anything else but Jesus, the first bit of business that you need to do this morning is, is you need to ask Christ to be your center. You're going, preacher, I'm good there. I know my life is centered on Christ. I know that Christ is the center of my life. And then the next question I want us to ask this morning is, are we meditating on God's Word morning and night? And before you throw yourself off the cliff this morning, let me just confess as, as your brother in Christ and as your pastor, I don't meditate on it every morning and every night, but I should. And if I want my life to be in action for God's glory and God's fame, then I got to build my life on His Word. 
And so this morning, maybe your confession, your time during this invitation is like, God, make the word important to me again. Father, I love you. And I love the fact that you love me back. And I love the fact that there's nothing I can do to make you love me more, to make you love me less. You just love me for who I am. But God, you have designed me and you have created me. You have designed us and you have created us to center our life on that which matters the most. And that which matters the most is Jesus. And God, you are, you are begging us this morning. You are encouraging us this morning. You're challenging us this morning to, to build our lives on the center of Jesus. And, and, and that our lives, if it's going to be complete, if it's going to roll in the way that you want it to roll, if we're going to live the way you want us to live, then our life has got to be centered on you. And God, the only way that it can be centered is we got to begin to have spokes on our wheel. And the first spoke has got to be your word because you want to use your word in our lives. But God, we can't expect just to get the word on Sunday and that be enough for an entire week. We got to go, we got to come to you daily. We got to meditate on it in the morning. We got to meditate on it at night. And God, what I'm convinced of this morning is, is when we truly taste and see that you're good, morning and evening will not be enough. We'll have to get more and more and more. And God, when we do that, we will become magnets. We will become attractants of those around us, and they will be attracted to the Jesus that's in us, not just the Jesus that we talk about. So this morning, your name is worthy. And God, not only is your name worthy to sing about, Your name is worthy to base our lives on. So may we center our lives on you, King Jesus, today. Holy Spirit, have your way in this place. Father God, forgive us for our stupidity, thinking that we could ever do it on our own. And God, let us come back to the heart of the matter this morning. And may we center our lives on you. And all God's people said... My name is Fish Robinson. I'm the lead pastor here at Community Church Oxford. We hope that you enjoyed this episode of the Community Church Oxford podcast. We hope that you'll consider joining us again in the future. Until then, God bless.